Coming live from New York City, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Edina Brown, advocate for equity and fair policies, former elected official and author of a great book, Make Humanity Great Again. Welcome to the show, Edina. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good, Edina, and <laughs> I'm feeling very proud, very happy uh, of getting you on the show so that we can talk about things that actually matter. Yeah. And your book, Make Humanity Great Again, and also about, you know, about women empowerment and also about uh, equity and fair policies. And we'll also, the main thing is that we'll be learning from you the art of connecting with other former, mm-hmm. former USA elected official. So, yeah. Edina, welcome to the show once again. And uh, we just want to understand from you the art of connecting with others. As an uh, activist, as a former elected official, on the other side, from the US side, and seeing it from an India side, how would you say what is the art of connecting with others? What does it mean to you? Well, to me, it, it is literally, it is everything. Uh, knowing how to speak to other people, knowing how to connect with them really can change your life. So one of the ways that I got into politics is simply by knowing how to connect with other people. I was not intending, to be quite honest, I was not intending to become a politician. That was not on my list of things to do for that year. Uh, it was just getting frustrated with something that was happening in my son's school. And I wanted to understand who the leaders were that made the decision in the school. Well, politics had nothing to do with that um, in the bigger realm, right? Our township politics didn't have anything to do with the school politics and who the school leaders were. But along my journey, along the way of connecting with people and networking and talking, I really got into politics. You know, I started helping with someone's campaign because I was just connecting with people and asking questions. And they're like, hey, can you help with this campaign? I said, sure, why not? And from there, it just propelled me into a life in politics. And so that's really how it started. It's just connecting and talking to people. Sometimes, you know, there's networking events I didn't want to go to. And I went there and I would just meet somebody that would lead me in another direction I never even thought of. You know, I'd I'd make a new friend, just anything. So sometimes we have to really see the value in connecting with people and not just from a standpoint of what they can do for us, but also just what we can do reciprocally. Like what can we do for each other, if not anything, but share a laugh, share a meal, just share a kind word. And, And let's always, I believe we should always approach people from that perspective. Yeah. Right. Right, Irina. Uh, you were till recently an <coughs> excuse me an elected official in central new jersey yes and you were doing so much you know to contribute to issues like mental health yeah. child welfare and social change through your work on boards and yeah. now you have written the book about making humanity again make humanity great again mm-hmm. we'll come to the humanity part of it uh, uh later on okay. but you know uh in in terms of politics is it the 
thing like that government officials do not do the work they should and politic politicians or politics always keeps them on their toes to get the things right done or is it that there is larger to it just like you said that you know from the school part then you started you did not want to get into this particular line and then you went into it bit by bit what is politics uh, to you that's happening in the us right now i don't want to go into that political yeah. part of it but purely from a, a general person's point yes. of view uh, exactly what he should understand because everybody cannot become a politician you know mm-hmm. just because something is not happening correctly or something uh, some injustice is getting done to him so i want to understand from your perspective uh, so that it helps the indian audience understand how do uh, people view politics uh, from their point of view so in the united states it really and it may differ a lot where you are in india so you know it really politics is supposed to be for helping people you know like everywhere you know we hope right that politics uh, monarchies all those leadership structures are supposed to work for the better good of the constituents the civilians etc but um in the united states i i would say especially over maybe when the past decade or so it really has become um more of a playground for people who are looking to just build power um maybe it's been more than a decade right but <laughs> from my perspective that's what i've seen mostly so it becomes a bit murky you know it really isn't doing what it's designed to do um and so we find that in the us it really politics is becoming just a way for people to express their own opinion and not really for facts and for truth and for right to get done and that's really what politics is supposed to be about right it's supposed to be about getting the right thing done for the people so that way they can live better healthier more enjoyable and you know functional lives and i just you know i don't see that happening here uh you know i i definitely know some great politicians um in my time as being a politician i know some great people who i know came into it for the right reason but when you get in there it's a different story it is a very cutthroat environment and you have to do what you can to survive and as we know politicians like to stay elected uh that was not my perspective when in there i just wanted to get the job done the best way possible and help people but for a lot of politicians the job is let me just stay elected whatever i have to say whatever i have to do <laughs> even if i don't believe it i might do it because i don't want to lose this title and i don't want to lose the perks that come with the title so i think that's what we're kind of seeing a lot here unfortunately okay okay mm-hmm. and in terms of uh, getting work done from uh, government officials mm. the executive now how how do you view that how did you view it is as a common citizen and as an elected official mm-hmm. was it that you found that uh, they were giving 100% mm. uh, or as a as a as a common person you found it something you know it, it otherwise why i want mm-hmm. to understand is that a lot of people's uh 
resentment you can say or grievance or complaint is not against politician as such it comes out that ways but you see governments can come and go they are never you know it the governments can come it can be democrats and republicans in india also it's like but mm-hmm. that's why government servants are there so that that continuity in communication and service is always intact that's why they are paid public servants yeah and, and unfortunately then the whole aspect is to, as if the politicians should you know keep them in check and make them work which they should do in general terms so i want to understand and it's not only in us i see it a lot of places globally uh, a lot of people who are so called public servants are not uh, as responsive or you can say empathetic towards uh, citizens needs what as what it was intended to be so i want to understand you know uh, from that perspective uh, as an elected official as well as as being a common citizen yeah so that's a great question i i will say before i got into politics my perspective about policies politics was very limited i really didn't believe wholeheartedly that they did everything that they were supposed to do i didn't believe politicians accomplished 100% or even 50% but i also didn't think about it very much and it wasn't until i got involved and actually became a politician that i realized number 1 it's super hard to get things done as a politician it really is um and and the main reason for that is that politicians don't work together very well if they're not in the same party i've heard from many people who have been in politicians for you know decades and decades that it wasn't always that way that maybe sometimes there would be a little bit of fighting during a meeting publicly but then afterward they get together and have dinner and they'd hash things out and talk but what i have seen personally is that politicians will not support each other if they're not on the same party line or perhaps if their goal is not similar and so that is what i'm seeing to be a challenge and why they're not getting 100% of the things done because it becomes very personal i have seen i'll tell you to be quite candid um i had a lot of issues with racism as a politician i was the only person of color on the entire i would say lineup of <laughs> of politicians there and there were nine of us including the mayor and one of the gentlemen who shared that space with me as a fellow councilman literally called me a few days ago almost like asking for my empathy as he was going through a lot of challenges but when i was there he said a lot of racist things he did a, you know he wouldn't work with me because i was on a different side so it's it's very interesting so as he's you know asking for my empathy i've noticed the whole time i was there and it was 4 years in office you know it really was never too much about the people it was always about people's personalities and who didn't like who and why this one doesn't like the other one and so that all came rushing back to me when he called i was like yep i still got to get back and be more proactive because this still exists and it's it's not helping anybody you know it it becomes like a high school 
you know, schoolyard kind of situation and not really leaders working together with leaders. If, if, you know, if I could be so candid about it, I have too many more stories about it, to be honest. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. Why I asked this was, you see, mm -hmm. you are an advocate for real change. Mm -hmm. uh, you have been an elected official and you never know tomorrow you might fight for a bigger office. Yeah. Okay. Things uh, always look at, you know, always towards the future. Mm -hmm. Now in terms of, and I'm talking about from a common man's perspective. If bureaucrats, some are very hardworking, it's the same mm -hmm. in India. Several are there who do not, I don't know, they have their own reasons to not have either the same level of empathy that the citizens desire, or is it? Secondly, you said the politicians, uh, they have their own, say, focus on getting re-elected or partisan agendas. So they will, it's very difficult for them to come together and we must look at the global part of it. Today, yeah. we, the whole world is watching towards Brazil, oh, yeah. what will be the outcome of that particular election finally, yeah. so that, you know, the uh, the climate change activities, uh, activists and uh, so-called and not, not so uh, who are who believe otherwise, they're all watching it and, uh, mm -hmm. and that's a different thing. In terms of citizens then, who they can expect for change? As you said, bureaucracy, it has its own limitations, you can say, or there are inherent issues, which again, politicians are have to solve or they don't want to solve. Politicians have their own issues. Yeah. Then who will go for real change? How will citizens get the real people for the people of the people and by the people who will actually be thinking for the people, you know, because as you said, the two very strong pillars of any democracy are not working that they were designed for. Is it, will it be the NGOs? Will it be social activists? Will it be authors? Who will it be? Uh, who will be the Messiah who will come and correct this part of the thing when citizens will get the constitutional guarantees mm -hmm. that they are told every elections that happens across so many nations of the world? Well, I think that it's going to be the everyday citizen. You know, I think a lot of people do not understand that they have power and it doesn't have to be violence. It doesn't have to be yelling and screaming. But to be quite honest, we have the power of our vote and we have the power of our voice, you know, and I think a lot of people don't know how to leverage that. They don't realize that not only can they have a conversation they can say, you know, I don't like how this is going. They can write a politician. They can show up to political meetings and they can say something. And it makes a real big difference, especially if people do this in larger groups. You know, if someone has even if they just have a book club and their book club studies, you know, policy or maybe the books that they read are dealing with social change and issues that are more you know, current affairs based. They have the power to go up to a meeting and in this in this country, I would say at least, that was one of the challenges I saw was that a lot of people in the community, unless they were older and retired, would not come to meetings to speak up for what they found to be important. And so that's really, I think, where the change is going to come from in our society is when people realize that they don't have to hold back their vote in order to prove what they think. They have to vote more and they have to say more. You know, and yeah, you do say something with how you vote, but you also say a lot by just coming out and saying it, you know, um, 
And again, it doesn't have to be vitriolic. It doesn't have to be violent. It can just be saying, I, I don't like that you politicians are fighting. And I will guarantee you that politicians will stop fighting once they realize their constituency base doesn't like to see it. But we're also giving a nod to their behavior by watching it. And, and again, all of the things I'm speaking on, of course, is from the perspective of being a U.S. citizen, right? Because from what I hear, politics in India, people are much more engaged. Um, younger people are much more involved in the political process. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true entirely, but that's what I've always heard. But right, right. Here, in, fact, in fact, the government, I, if I if I remember correctly mm -hmm. or understand correctly, or if I've read it correctly, uh, we are working towards reducing the uh, voting voting age. Right now, it's twenty one. Um, we are working towards bringing down to eighteen. Yeah, and ours is eighteen, and 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 it's it's like an everyday fight for people trying to figure out how to get younger people engaged. Honestly, there's the lack of engagement with votership here. It really kind of goes from, I believe, age 35 down. So you really don't get that many people voting as often. I'm sure if it's a crucial election, you know, now there's some specific topics that are of interest to younger women and younger men. But in totality, I think the younger people might be a little like sick of all the <laughs> sick of all the fighting. And they're like, OK, are these the adults in the room? Because then I just don't want to deal with it. And and that's what I mean. Like, we, we can't just put this um, out of sight, out of mind. Action, you know, that that's not an action, you know, because then we're letting it get worse. And so I think once we realize individually and collectively how much power we have to just talk and just say, I don't like seeing this politician fighting with. I don't want to see people climbing up the Capitol building, but we don't, we, we have people who are okay with it. So until we show that we're not okay with certain things, unfortunately, they will probably persist. Yep. Right. Irina. Are yeah. you okay with uh, Jimmy Carter's statement, former president that us, uh, I, I don't know I, uh, if I can quote it correctly, but yeah, something please. like it is the one who is going to war, perhaps the most war, uh, loving country or I, I don't know the exact mm -hmm. words, but uh, it, it gives that impression that the U.S. is always looking at controlling the world outside. That's Those mm -hmm. are his words, but <laughs> a lot of people will read uh, uh, things very differently uh, in their own manner. I don't want to look at it in a political, a political way, but it also then reduces the good work that it's, uh, that it's you can say, armed forces are doing or have done in history. I, I can say that, but I don't know. What's your view? Well, you know, and I can't entirely know what he meant by that statement, but I do think that there are a lot of countries right now that would like to be on top. And there are a lot of factors and visions right now in, you know, the U.S. democracy. And I think the U.S. has been on top for a really long time in terms of power and being able to maneuver and also switch and change things that are going in other lands, you know, and that's pretty amazing, right? To be one nation and to be able to control or contort others. Um, I don't, I don't know how long that will last. And I, I, I don't know what he meant by that, but I think, you know, it, it's, I think everybody likes to be on top, right? Everybody likes right, to be right. the, the leading power, the superpower. So I, you know, I certainly I would like to see all these nations work together. I would rather see nations work together peaceably than for there to be just, you know, a couple that are 
stomping on everybody else personally. And um, that's how I feel about it. It would, it would be great if the United Nations, really United Nations, um, I know that's what they try to do, but yeah, that's how I feel about it. Okay. Okay, Dina. Now coming to, you know, advocacy, yeah, you know, yeah. advocate for real change and you are doing a lot of advocacy training. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, you know, a lot of connecting with others is also required. Yeah. So I'll ask you about, you know, you talk about three top tips for connecting with others. If you can enumerate that for our audience, uh, they would learn something, how exactly, you know, something can be sure. better and what. Yeah. So one of the things I like to do with advocacy training, um, and that's really just to let people know what that is, because it's kind of new. Everyone's used to, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion training. But advocacy training really focuses on teaching people how to advocate for themselves and other people. And um, as boisterous as people seem to be this day and age, there's still a lot of people that are afraid to speak up for themselves when something bad is happening or just something that doesn't seem fair. And then also, of course, in turn, they can't speak up for other people. So what I would like to say in terms of connecting, um, you know, when linking the two, right, because advocating also means that you're connecting with people, you're building community, all those things, because you need other people to buy into what you're saying in order for you to have influence and to be able to advocate for yourself and for someone else. And so three tips I would give people for that is number one, just be present. And by present, meaning if you are talking to somebody or you are trying to express what you want from someone, be in that moment, be in that conversation, give the person eye to eye contact. Don't be looking around the room. Certainly don't be on your phone and just be present. The second thing I'd want to say is be interesting. Um, When you're making an ask to somebody, there's nothing worse than just being interesting only to yourself. When we are asking something of someone else, or even, I guess in a way, commanding something of someone else, we still want to be mindful that there is something that they have as an interest as well. So be interesting in terms of show interest in what the other person's need or want is, but also just be interesting in general. You know, speak in an effusive way if possible, but always keep the other person in mind in what the conversation is about and what your ask is. And the third thing I'd say is just practice. Um, it's funny, but I have a friend who was super, super timid and I'm not. So like, <laughs> I'm okay to send something back if it's the wrong order. I'm okay to say, you know, oh, this needs to be fixed. You know, that's, but, okay. but it was not, but it was not always. No. Okay, you, no. Love, you, you, yes. You overcome all the hurdles and yes. you are where you are today, isn't yeah. it? It's, 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 I, that is actually women's self-empowerment. Yes. Pass through all the troubles and, you know, to succeed. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's the third, honestly. that The third is just practicing. Every single moment you can speak up. Don't allow yourself to get off, you know. Don't go, oh, next time I'll do it. I, I have to tell her, I know what day we were somewhere and she's like no no next time and I said no you you really wanted that item they gave you the wrong item and she's like no no it's okay and I said this is your practice just go in you don't this doesn't have to be a fight and I think that's what people think oftentimes is that speaking up is a fight like you're trying to pick a fight with somebody or you're being confrontational and it really isn't it's just voicing your opinion and and doing it respectfully and hoping of course that the other person will understand and meet whatever that need is so those are the three 
tips that I'd like to give to people for advocating. That's yep. that's a, that's that's good. Uh, yeah. You know, great great tips. And in fact, you know, coming from you, obviously, it lends a lot of authority to what you are saying. Anywhere for anybody who is looking at connecting with others effectively. So yeah. now, uh, coming down to your book, Adina, uh, uh, mm -hmm. about make humanity great again. Uh, what led to this book? What are, what are you talking about on in this book? And uh, is it out or is it uh, is it going to it, be out? It has been out for a while. I'm actually writing a second book, uh, and I wrote this book really because I was super frustrated with people being quiet about things that were happening in the world. And I still feel the same way. I mean, it's to me, I look at the book. It's like, I mean, this book is still super fitting for this moment okay. in time. And it was me looking at people having a lot of conversations at the kitchen table or people would talk to me and complain to me about things they saw, but do nothing. They would not vote. They would not speak up at school. They would not do anything to change things. And so I wrote the book just out of frustration. It really was just me saying, hey, if you don't want to see trash in your neighborhood, clean the trash up. If you don't want to see you know, people fighting, then teach people how to be kind. If you don't want to be a part of racism, then you person who you are, learn how to connect with people who don't look like you. So it really is that. It's just kind of like almost a, just a shaking of humanity. Like, listen, we can fix these things. It takes a bit of conscientiousness. It takes a bit of intention. And we can change all these things. Just each one of us, if we do one little step here or there, we can change it. In the beginning of the book, I do talk about civilizations like the mind culture, et cetera, that crumbled because they failed to pay attention to the ways in which you know, their civilization was like breaking down and they just thought, oh, it's no big deal. That's no big deal. And then eventually it crumbled. And I think we have to be so cautious that even though we have technology and we have all these other brilliant things that we're bringing up and building, this social aspect of humanity seems to be crumbling a bit. And we really got to work on that because I don't care how many computers we have and how many iPhones or anything else. If we don't get that part right, those things will exist well beyond us, you know, so we have to get that right, not only from an environmental standpoint, of course, but if we're all fighting and blow each other up, then what's here, you know, so we, ha we have to really work on the social aspect of humanity. Right. And what about the uh, new book? When is it coming? And Well, I don't know. I, I am giving myself a deadline to get it written within the next uh, several months. Uh, if I can beat, that would be great. But we'll see with that combined with everything else I'm doing. And um, But I'll make sure to let you know when it comes out and what it's about. It will, it will be nonfiction still because I have a lot to say about humans and, you know, I'm, I'm one of them. So I'm not, I'm not telling everyone they're doing wrong and I'm doing right. I think collectively we got to get it together <laughs> so is it about earlier was to make humanity great again will it be about being a politician uh, about making america great again uh probably not <laughs> probably not but it'll definitely be about people because i i love actually really i love human beings and i love humanity and i I wish we all just, you know, loved each other and were kind. So I, I just I'm always looking at how we can push each other in that direction. Right, right. I can I can clearly see the human uh, behind the 
you know former elected official so that yeah. is very much sure you can you will you may hold a post but you cannot become politician in the true sense in the sense that you always look at getting reelected uh, right. instead of doing things and going for real change i yeah. i can feel that that's the vibe i'm getting that it will always be uh, you'll always be fighting you'll always be the lone voice for the right and Thank and you. be the real change Seriously, uh, I, I've been. I, I, I've got. I've got that knack of uh, hmm. making. Uh, you know, can see see through people, and I can oh, tell you, you that that's the vibe I'm getting. I'm a man of vibes. I believe. <laughs> Seriously. No, okay. no, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I really do. Thank you. Yes, and now in terms of you know, so we've talked about advocacy. We have talked about book. Uh, let's talk about women empowerment. This topic cannot be complete without. that because you see you were you came from a background where you felt that you were the last to be heard mm. and the last to be picked for anything good growing up mm. and years of physical and emotional trauma uh, it led to self esteem and made you very timid so earlier you were saying you are not that anymore so that's the biggest victory you know we we can win over others but the biggest victory is when you win over your own fears and doubts and come out glowing like like the morning sun Oh, yeah, that's that is true. You know, I, that is something I I teach. I'm glad that you picked that up. I for women, I think our biggest hurdle, you know, for ourselves personally is sometimes there there's a sense of false confidence that we have to work through and it can be shown through maybe our clothing, what we wear, what we say, but well, how do we really feel inside? And that can also be seen in how we treat other women, right? If we are not kind to other women, if we're not giving each other a hand up, that is very much connected to how we feel about ourselves as an individual. So, I think women's empowerment, like you just said, really is about empowering ourselves, feeling confident in ourselves, and not just confident in the way that the world says like, you know, our hair looks perfect, our makeup looks perfect, but do we really value just our every part of our being do we value our silly laugh or our smile or our crooked you know teeth or anything that someone has that might be different you know can we like really hold on to that and value it so that way when we see another woman we're not intimidated because you know what she has going on is different or better and i'll tell you that's not easy you know it's not easy for me it's not easy for any of us because we have too many opportunities to compare ourselves now I mean, when I was growing up, we did not have an Instagram or a Facebook. So, I didn't really know what people were eating for breakfast <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know that I was I was eating something really bad and I was like, you know, or I was eating Cheerios and they were having like croissants and, you know, french fries, I don't know whatever. But I think that we constantly have this like comparison tools in our face and it makes it so much harder for us to not only like love ourselves and appreciate ourselves but then to also look at someone else and say oh i'm so proud of them you know so i mean i would honestly say you know kind of cut back on the social media <laughs> which you know not great for business all the time but i i think that would help a lot and then just kind of spend time with yourself as a woman men too but spend time with yourself and just try to like really love and appreciate all these little nuances aspects of your personality the way you look the way you sound just take the time to appreciate that and then hopefully with time you'll be able to appreciate the same in others you know it's 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 a work i think it's a lifelong process to be honest because 
we are still human. We are going to get jealous. We are going to get envious, you know, scared, fearful, all those things. But if we're just aware, that always helps. Right, right, mm-hmm. Irina. And, and you know, one more thing, you know, uh, as you mentioned that you wanted to succeed and be close to others, but you were terrified all the time. You see, a lot of women into great fields, doctors, engineers, mm-hmm. any field you take, everywhere, globally. And many of them uh, who are growing up because of the circumstances they are in, mm-hmm. even they have a lot of talent, sometimes you either have fear of failure or you are just afraid of, you know, uh, going out and getting your place under the sun. That's yeah. the difference to, you know, just take that step. And the world is waiting for you like it waited for you. But you had to <laughs> barge out of your, you know, situation and be where you are. So yeah. what would you tell them? How do you uh, get your place that is so rightfully yours? How did you do it? What would you share to such people? Hmm. I, I feel very moved by what you just said. Because that has been a challenge for me this year, actually. Like, this has been the year of me figuring that out, even for myself. Um, To some, it looks like I've done quite a bit. But to myself, I have really stalled on a lot of really great things that I've wanted to do, even past things that I have done. And I, I would say what I'm doing for myself is kind of a little bit what have I said before is just really spending time with myself and understanding, but also pushing away any thoughts of comparison to other people and also pushing away negative information, whether it's the news, media, et cetera, and negative information about myself, anything that will in any way diminish the positive aspects of myself have to be removed because those are the things that will slow you down. So you don't, and I I believe in energy, right? So I also don't think it's great to gossip about other people. All those things really contribute to how you look at yourself as well. So, I mean, that's, I will be honest, I've been really working on that all year. It's just, I've never been a gossiper, by the way. I'm not really like a gossipy person, but I will say there are still, I think in all of us, we still have insecurities and fears and doubts. And so just really working on, putting those words out of our mind because it's all words. We're always talking up here and we just have to pick better words. So uh, this is definitely something that I, I've been working to master as well. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, talking of women empowerment, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show you something. The oh, red thing that you see in background is the sari. Have you mm-hmm. heard of an Indian sari? Yes, absolutely. Yes. That is an Indian sari. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Bandhani print, modal silk sari coming from Gujarat, Bujeria. Mm-hmm. It is not a pure uh, handloom sari, but uh, mm-hmm. you will get the same in a handloom mode, handmade. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when you talk of women empowerment, a lot of women are part of the handloom sector. And that's why I put this sari uh, without naming any company. I'm looking forward for more and more people from either handloom sector Handmade, small artisans, painting, anything that is uh, that if I find is true, good, not only from India, but from across the world. That's why I'm mentioning it here that uh-huh. even from and I don't want the product if we are very close by, 
they can show me the product i can put it on the backdrop and then again i can give it back but if it's international mm-hmm. or anybody who does not want to do that they can share me some nice pictures and i will certainly okay. share it so that people either know about the industry especially those people who are especially women uh, what you call founders or women uh, mm-hmm. centered uh, businesses small businesses especially you know not only for india but also across the world that's the whole notion and if there is a very very good business that i think is perfectly uh, that can run and i can run with my full conscience mm-hmm. and that yes i have selected the right i will certainly take the name but till then i will certainly be very happy to that's my yeah. small contribution on my part i just that's want great. to share. i love it thank you that's great i love that thank you thank you edina yeah. and my last question then is how do people connect with you obviously oh. they have learned whatever they could but then not only a lot of indians are also uh, in your constituency and i'm sure a yes. lot of people will listen to that and if they want to connect with you know more about what you are doing how they can uh, be a part of what you are doing to be a part of the real change on the ground yes that? absolutely uh people could always reach me on social so i'm on linkedin uh under my name adina brown so that's the best way inbox me uh i don't know respond to something i post and that's really the best way to connect with me i can also be reached via email i will be rebranding my company soon so the email address will change so i i'd prefer to you know keep to social media but i'm i'm also on linkedin um i said linkedin i'm sorry i'm also on Instagram I should say. So Instagram I have a public page. So it's also still my name, Adina Brown. So it's pretty easy to find me on social media and uh if you connect with me on social media, this is just for anyone who's watching and listening. Um I can then share when I rebrand, I will be happy to share my new email address. So um but please, you know, feel free. LinkedIn is really the best. Send me a message. I'd love to chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so on much. On this note, on this note it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass live. Thank you so much once again. Thank you. Take care.